This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello, and welcome again to the Abiding Together podcast, where we hope to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Christ, just like us. So get comfortable as we settle into our another episode. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined by my dear friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. Heather, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I really am. How are you, Sister? I'm doing well. It's uh, tolerably warm here in Texas. Not too hot yet, so I actually have the window open. I'm living on the edge. <laughs> wow. So the AC has not kicked on yet, so, uh, you know, it's how we roll down here. Yeah. Wow. Living on a prayer and living on an edge. There you go, sister. Uh-huh. What, about, what about you, Florida girl, Michelle? Um, well, it's kind of cool here. We had rain going in. Are we getting old that we're doing the weather report How when we I say how we, we are? completely but i'm good good friends of ours just got married last night on a sunday which was kind of different and so i'm like in post wedding um you know grog right now but um it was a lot of fun and a fun celebration so i'm good you know happy monday yeah (laughs) those are good days aren't they when you celebrate friends whether they're having a baby or getting married or those are great celebrations i think for the whole community Oh, I love it. I love it. I just love everyone getting dressed up. I love just the whole atmosphere. It was very festive and, um, you know, sentimental, lots of tears, all of that kind of stuff. So those are the the best kind of days to me. I love them. (laughs) Everyone comes together, you know, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, great stuff. That's true. We had, we got together yesterday with some friends who celebrated the baptism of their baby, their fourth child. And then the sister of the, of the mom is having her very first child in a couple of months. And so it was just neat to be around them and see the excitement and smell the baby, a new baptized baby and see him and his, his new child of God. It's just, those are glorious days. Like you mentioned, I think those are the things that really, you know, bring joy to the human heart. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, fun little, you know, just it makes it feel like friends, like family, which I love that feeling. So um, all good stuff. Yeah. Well, today we are going to talk about fighting like a girl, being feminine and fierce. And there are a lot of things that have been said of like a girl. There's a great commercial by, I believe it's the Always Company (laughs) that talks about like a girl. That's a bad thing. But today we're going to talk about fighting like a girl. And the quote that we're going to glean from is from the amazing Joan of Arc, who says, I am not afraid. I was born to do this. So can we just talk about that quote for a second? I think, Michelle, you provided that one. And that's a that's a fierce one. What do you think about when you hear that quote? I am not afraid. I was born to do this. I think I think about like Joan of Arc's story was, you know, we hear it now and it almost sounds like folklore and like it wasn't a reality that there wasn't this, this young girl that fought a battle for France. I mean, when you think about the story, it is completely surreal. Um, Like we liken it to Lord of the Rings or something, but it actually really happens. But that um, she had the courage to step out into the mission that God had for her as young as she was, as a woman, even though it broke down every barrier, every preconceived notion, because she had such a confidence in God. Like she had such a confidence of who she was and God, and she just had such a confidence that he was calling her to this, that this battle. And I think when you know that, you know, that, you know, in your gut that you are called to a mission and that you are called to some kind of battle and not a battle to fight something against. 
I think this is the difference between how women and men fight. Um, like women fight for something, you know, oh, we, we fight to build something up. Not that men don't fight for something, but for women, it's like this passion, you know, that we fight for something to build something up. And it's interesting. I was rereading a couple of weeks ago, Mark Twain's um, version of Joan of Arc's life. And when they go into battle, she has almost like a battle cry and she calls the warriors. She said, prepare with your lion hearts, you know, like these huge hearts, warrior hearts to go into battle, which I think is so womanly, you know, these lion hearts, because we want to protect and secure and build things up, um, you know, so I love it. It kind of feels like a battle cry to me, but in that like, you go girl, come on, you know, it's your fault too. <laughs> Yeah, this is what we are. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. Heather, what about you? Yeah, it's a it's a great quote. I mean, I, I think often when uh, we hear things like that in our day-to-day life, we're like, wow, that's intense. I'm going to go back to <laughs> Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and our world can seem very small. And like, you know, I'm not called to a battle like that. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my little thing here. Like it doesn't, my life is somewhat insignificant. And I think that that's something that we have to sort of um, bring before God and and allow ourselves to sit with. I mean, in scripture, in Ephesians 6, it says that our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that we are in a battle. And I think that recognition that there is a war going on and there is a battle for, for souls and there is a battle um, for us to get to heaven and to bring as many people with us, that's that's reality. And often we aren't living in that reality. It seems like a very distant thought. So sitting with a quote like this from Joan of Arc is is really inspiring. And I think it, it can also help us to recognize the truth of we are in a battle. There is a war going on. And we're either going to be oblivious to it and stay in a fog or we're going to get in there and um, and begin to fight for, like you said, fighting for life and goodness and hope and peace and joy and resurrection in our lives. Sister, what do you think that's about very- this quote? That's very true. I I love this quote too. And when you think about the magnitude of Joan of Arc and her life and what she faced, oh my gosh, the amount of courage, the amount of heroic virtue, the amount of just sheer belief in what God was calling her to do would have had to have been immense because of what she faced. And we don't, we might not be faced to lead our nation <laughs> into battle, but we certainly do uh, go into battle, as you both mentioned, every day. And we're we're fighting for the lives of of our our children, our the people we mentor, the people that we serve with, the people, just people in general, fighting for their hearts, for their lives, for their destinies, for their freedom. And the truth is, is that God has written that call because you know God bears life. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. We're called to do that. And so he's always speaking courage into our lives, speaking power and authority and love and belonging and blessing. And I think it's a matter of who we agree with in our life or the agreements that we make. And so when I hear this call of St. Joan of Arc, and I've heard Mark Twain's version of her life is one of the best out there. I have to read it. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Michelle. I hope that's your one thing. But anyway, uh, when I hear that, I just say, amen, you know, amen. And we all have a mission. We're all born to, you know, give Christ's glory to give God glory and to to be his love in the world and so he's going to give us the the wherewithal to to battle that battle. And so today we're actually going to make this a two-part series. So today is part 1. And 
our first reality that we kind of wanted to reflect on this morning as we delve into this area of fighting like a girl and being feminine and fierce is that number one, realizing that there is a war going on. Uh, this it's easy perhaps to just kind of fall asleep and kind of like you said tune out to Netflix or just get um, distracted by these other stories in our life to realize that we actually have a battle to fight and Michelle offered this quote from Lord of the Rings. We're all huge Lord of the Rings fans. And I love this part in The Two Towers. And if you've seen the movie or read the book, you know this very well, where the, you know, the Theoden has been restored to who he truly is by Gandalf. He's the king of Rohan and he's called to go and help other people in battle, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want the battle to come to his front door. He kind of wants to evade that part of the battle. And so Aragorn confronts him and saying, we have to do this. We have to go to battle. And Theoden says, I will not risk open war. And Aragorn looks at him and says, open war is upon you, whether you risk it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so true. And maybe Heather, you could kind of share with us a bit about realizing there is a war going on and just how you've seen that manifest itself in your life as a wife and a mother and as a daughter of God. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd like to think that we're not in a war. I would really like to just uh, sort of curl up in some sort of disillusion <laughs> that we're just in this peaceful little life, you know. Um, but I remember reading this book from Peter Kreeft a long time ago called The Angel and the Ants. And he just said mm-hmm. at one point, you know, we need to we need to realize very quickly that Earth is not our home, that heaven is our mm-hmm. home. And the and Earth is like a gymnasium. It's a great place to work out in, you know. And I think oh, that working great. out is is the war, you know, that is happening. There there is a war. There is an enemy um, that is around us. And you know, I've seen this both in my own life as uh, there are be, there's certain lies that have crept in, um, areas of wounds, things that have happened early in my childhood that. It doesn't just seem like it's one moment. It becomes this almost like an out-of-tune song that gets um, reaffirmed over and over again by various situations so that the lie starts to sound very true. And for me, it was around safety, that I'm not safe, that God isn't going to come and keep me safe. And so I have to create safety for myself. And that seemed to have been perpetuated by, you know, a lot of different situations, you know, getting my house broken into, my car broken into, my identity stolen, relationship disruptions, you know, all of these different things throughout my life and realizing these aren't just circumstances that are random or coincidental, that these are actually things that the enemy is using to attack my trust in God and um, my place with him and knowing that I'm a beloved daughter and that he is taking care of me and that he's a good, good father. So the enemy always attacks at the deepest parts of our identity and our deep connection with God, our trust in him and who God is. So he attacks God's character, which is what happened in the garden. He brings in doubt. You know, is does he really want the best for you? Is he really giving you everything? I think he's holding out on you. And these lies from the garden are exactly the lies that we deal with. And so as I've broken that down in my own life and taken time to reflect and do some interior work and healing in my life, I've realized that, yeah, those are the lies that are very real to me in various situations. And I think the part that is most disruptive is when I see it happening with my children. They're so young, and already I can see the war very vividly in their life, um, whether it be um, in their confidence, their voice, their identity, um, fear creeping in, 
situations happening that try to attack their their strength and their confidence and those are the most painful things to watch you know and um, that's where I think the battle <laughs> becomes very real like as Michelle said women want to fight for well you want to get like a fire in my belly or that mama bear come out you know you you bring up something to do with my children and I mean I might be more hesitant if it's just me but yeah when it becomes to the ones who who we love that's where it really kicks in and so I think we have to know that there's a war going on, but also have it in a heavenly perspective. Because if we don't, it's way too overwhelming for us. It's not a war that we are supposed to battle on our own. How about you, Michelle? I think for me, just realizing, okay, there's a war going on. Like, I know that. I know it in my head. But um, like you said, we're fighting um, principalities and spirits and not people. And I think for me, realizing that I have to lift my gaze higher, you know, that I have to have an eternal perspective and I have to live my gaze higher, you know, but, um, I also realized that, okay, what are his tactics? You know, I don't want to give Satan too much credit, but I know that he fights dirty, you know, and to realize, okay, what in me, you know, is being attacked and what in me needs to be go on the offensive and how do I need to fight, um, you know, I think, we'll, I mean, we're going to talk about it in just a few minutes, but just even the armor picking up my sword. I think sometimes I just sit there and my armor's half on, half off. My sword mm-hmm. is kind of like just leaning up against, you know, the side of my leg. And I just allow things to happen to me, you know. And um, and sometimes they're the ways that I feel like I'm attacked aren't. Bl- sometimes they're so blatant, you just have to laugh. Like Teresa Avila is like, you just have to laugh at the absurdity of his you know, attack. But there's those other times where they're just like kind of sneaky. Like when you want to, like I say, numb over Netflix or where you just want to be distracted or where you're doing good things, but they're not what God has intended for you or, you know, or where you're doing things for the Lord. Um, but really whose glory are they for? Like we talked about in an earlier podcast, yours or his, you know, um, and we're, or when you think, okay, this is all on me. Like I'm my own little God. And I'm the one that's making this happen instead of the, through the power of the Holy spirit. I think those are the harder ones to see, you know, the ones that look kind of good. And I have to remind myself that Satan came like as an angel of light and beauty. His, when he tempts you, it looks kind of good. Like mm-hmm. that packaging, Ooh, he has some good branding skills in that packaging, <laughs> that little package, you know, all wrapped up. I mean, of course, because if it was ugly, we wouldn't want it, you know? And so he kind of like, you know, he's very enticing. And so, um, yeah, those are the ones that I, you know, kind of go at. What about you, sister? I definitely hear echoes of my own heart and both of your sharings. And you think of the war. I mean, we know Christ is victorious, that he has won this battle. And until he comes again, though, this, this war rages where Satan tries to take back territory and Satan tries to take from us what he willingly gave up. And so he's always tacking us in areas of belonging and identity and communion and family and relationship and, and who God is. And I think that's, it's true. And I, I'm one I love St. Ignatius of Loyola and I love one of his uh one of his kind of sayings there's rules for discernment he says that Satan is like an astute military general and he patrols the borders of your soul and he looks for the weakest part and he attacks you right there 
And so my spiritual director will always remind me that where Satan attacks is just a revelation of where God wants to heal, like where God wants to build. So he said, if you study carefully, if you study, you look at the other side of it. And I mean, the Ignatian's way talks about that of, of what is God trying to give us uh, in that. But it's because of our value that we're attacked. If we were worthless, Satan wouldn't bother with us. But because we're children of God, because we're anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to wipe that light out because he knows he can't touch God. So he's going to, as in Genesis 3.15, part of the consequence, you know, when God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your, he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. This this battle that ultimately, I love what you said, Michelle, that it's not about people. It's about powers and principalities. So people are not our enemy, which in the heat of the battle, <laughs> it does seem like it's the person in front of us that's giving us a hard time or the way life is. But ultimately, it's not. Uh, we're all children of God. It's the area of, of brokenness, of sin and darkness. And so that's very important to realize that life doesn't happen to us, that God is sovereign and that everything that happens, God is in control, and he's always seeking to teach us and to draw us closer to himself, and that we're not helpless, we're not powerless. And so uh, we're going to talk about that kind of moving into the area from, you know, knowing that there's a battle to what are we going to do about it. And so we're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 6, wherein um, St. Paul talks about uh, some of the armor that we have. So he says, put on the armor of God. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 St. Paul says this, uh, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, this sets my heart on fire. And Heather, one thing that I know that you do in your family is that you lead your children in that prayer every day. And I was so struck by that driving to school with you one morning and hearing your kids recite that prayer of putting on the spiritual armor. What does this mean to you when you hear St. Paul speak about this in Ephesians 6? Yeah, it's it's something that we started to do a few years ago um, because, as I was saying earlier, you know, it was becoming very apparent to me the battle that I was in, and also that they were that my children were in as well. And so, it really is just submitting ourselves under the protection and authority of God and who He is. You know, I don't feel like I have to do this on my own power. I can't. You know, when it comes to me trying to face the, um, the evil one. I, to be honest with you, I just get freaked out. I'm like, forget it. I just take the <laughs> take the target off my back. I'll just, you know, go about a little life, a small life, a small story so that I'm not a threat in any way. Um, but that really is rejecting who I am as a daughter of God, that the blood of Jesus is is protecting me, that he has won already the battle for us, and that we just need to partner with him, come under his authority, and it's by his spirit um, that we that we fight in this battle. So we started, as you said, praying this prayer every morning, and then following it with the um, 
the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, um, just to put things in perspective as we start our day. And occasionally we'll talk about it with the kids, you know, like, you guys, here's some things that we need to be aware of that are going on, and how do we invite God into that? And let's be really strong against how the enemy is trying to trying to attack us. So, yeah, it definitely puts a fire in my belly too, and I think <laughs> it, it also, you know, brings the awareness. Like we're we're sort of touching on these topics of like we can numb out, or we can be alert and oriented and know where we are and what's happening around us. And actually that Theoden clip, the King Theoden clip from uh, the Lord of the Rings, just before the quote that we talked about, he's sitting there and he's being whispered lies to by Uh, worm tongue. Mm -hmm. And his whole disposition is like, you know, his skin is all pale and he can't understand who he is and he he doesn't understand who his family is and all of his authority and power as a king has been taken away. And he's just sitting there and, and Wormtongue is just whispering all of these lies to him. And he's powerless. You know, he's really agreed with the lies. And I think that's so similar to us. Often, I agree with what the enemy is saying. And really, that is where he has power. He has no power to speak into our lives except for where we agree. And then that's the place that becomes almost like a little haven for him to start Mm -hmm. attacking and whipping arrows and, and taking some ground on us. So I think that's very, very important as a first step um, in fighting the battle and having the armor of God is to be fully alert and to not agree with the lies that the enemy is, is saying. So it's sort of like taking authority and standing on the truth of scripture and who God is and who we are. Michelle, how do you see this lived out in your life? I think what lives out in my life, when things get hard, I want to retreat and I want to step back from the fight. If there is any kind of resistance, I want to be like, okay, turn around. (laughs) I'm done, you know? And especially if it comes over and over, I feel resistance and just really praying to have the discernment. Okay, is this resistance for something that because I'm not supposed to be doing this or is this resistance because I am taking part of the promised land that God has entrusted for me and I'm going to have to fight a little, you know, and knowing that discernment and knowing that. But the older I get and the more I walk with the Lord, I realizing the hard things are the good things. You know, because I have to push through in his power and not my own power. Like last week, we had just a couple of different situations. You know, I was working on a new project and every little glitch that could happen happens. And um, but I knew there was something powerful about what we were doing, you know. And but then you were start like, oh, my gosh, I don't have like this skill or I need this organization or tool or whatever, you know, and then I, and then I can go from like zero to 60 in like 5.2 seconds. I would be a really great car. Um, you know, so I'm like, Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I don't know what this is. Oh, I'm going to quit. I'm not even going to do this anymore. I mean, my thinking goes spiral, you know, really quickly. And I just stop myself. I'm like, Nope, I am going to stop and I'm going to lean into the hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? And for us, what came about is that we had to put some policies and procedures. We had to streamline some things um, and how we were doing things, that we were putting some foundations in. And um, like my husband said, really good. We're putting some guardrails in. 
you know, Mm -hmm. to keep us on the path that we are supposed to be on. Not like these huge fences where we can't get around them, but guardrails to keep us on the right path. And so we are doing what we are called to and so that we don't swerve to the left or the right and really put those guardrails in. And for me, like just really even going back to simple things like, you know, Heather's children do it. So do mine, the armor of God, you know, for me, but it's like, okay, that helmet of salvation, my thoughts, Mm -hmm. like when I put on that helmet is my thoughts. When that breastplate, okay, Lord, I need you to protect my heart from not attaching to things that are not, not supposed to be attached to. And then, you know, that shield of faith, that's huge, you know, just holding that up and repelling the fiery darts and, um, you know, just having that faith to protect that from, you know, and just the sword of the spirit, just the power of the word of God. And I can tell the weeks in the days and when I am really rooted in the word that there, it brings life, but not only does it bring life, it brings a lot of clarity. I mean, it says, you know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It actually shows me where I'm going, you know, mm-hmm. like it clears all the debris off the path and it makes the path light up, you know, like total follow the yellow brick road, you know, with those snazzy red slippers and everything. Like when I'm in the word of God, I am totally Dorothy on my, in my jam, you know, because there's a clarity and there's a power to it because it's so divinely inspired, you know, it is spirit breath. I mean, spirit breath words coming to life in my life. So, um, yeah, that is just my way I'm at right now, which is the whole, um, fighting the good fight. How about you sister? Well, I think both of you touched on a lot of things about, especially purposely living in the truth and that's in the word of God and it's found in the sacraments and the anointing that we have at baptism that seals us as God's children and the power that comes through our confirmation and reconciling with God and the sacrament of reconciliation and receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, which the very first effect of that reception of him in the Eucharist is increased intimacy and union where I'm living, I'm living like John the beloved on his heart and I'm hearing him. And so the more I live in the truth, the more it's easy for me to discern what is true and what is not. And the evil one goes right after our identity, especially as women, as life bearers. He just goes right after that to destroy all of that. And so when I, I have to have my disposition intentionally turned toward God so I can hear what he's saying, so I can follow his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And I, I love that reality of, of knowing our own story. We have to know our own story and understand kind of where God is calling me and, and what are my what are my limitations? What are my areas of weakness? What are my areas of strength? And so we can partner with God. We can co-labor. I know we've talked about that of co-laboring with God in the vineyard. That God desi- he desires that we have abundant life and have it to the full. And so I too also put on the armor of Christ every morning. I every morning before I get out of bed, I pray a covering for the precious blood of Jesus to cover me and all the people that I pray for. I I pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and I consecrate myself to Mary every morning. And I, I often say, it, perhaps as Catholics, we we first of all, most of us don't know there is a battle, uh, but. Then secondly, many times we go into battle like wearing a Speedo with a squirt gun, <laughs> you know, which is um, a kind That's of gross awesome visual. I'm so, I, that, that is a visual image for you. Thank you. you and sisters you're little. welcome. I, you can't unsee that now, so you're welcome. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh. 
But it's true. But see, we have, as Christians, we have not just spiritual armor. We have, like, Navy SEAL Team 6 kind of stuff. The stuff that waylays the enemy, that we can walk, like Proverbs says, the woman who laughs at the future, that she walks with confidence. And it's not something we're telling ourselves to make ourselves, ourselves feel better, but it is who we are. And yes, we will have trouble, but Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble, but don't be afraid, I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And I think when we continue to allow God to really come into those areas, I know myself, this, this last week I got totally triggered by something which had a long, oh my gosh, a long route all the way down to some deep stuff as a child. Those were all the er- the enemy is totally camped out there. And here I am, 40 years old, still reacting to some things. And it was God's mercy of him to say, hey, honey, let's, let's look at this. <laughs> let's let's I-, I want you to live a free life. Let's look at this. And it was painful and it still is. But God is faithful. And I've never visited a memory of my life or a situation in my life where Christ is not already there. Hmm. He's already there hmm. and he loves us. And so I think as women, especially in our battle and where we fight as feminine, look at our blessed mother, the most fierce feminine woman that we know, she's a warrior and she just, she's such an example to us on, on how to fight and how to walk with Christ and how to offer forgiveness and how to accompany people on the journey. And she's our mom and she intercedes for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think, I think the, one of the beauties of her is that, um, she, she magnifies God, you know, Ugh, like, that, that image of like magnifying who God is, is something that I think is essential in trying to fight the battle and trying to fight for th- good things in our life. I think we can flip it on its head. Often when attack comes at us, we're just like, ah, and we get overwhelmed and you inevitably want to yeah. hide or run away. Yes. Um, many of us do instead of stand our ground. And I think the way that we stand our ground practically is to, is to give God glory for what's happening. You know, like we can say, God, if you, if you desire me to accept this suffering, I do it for your glory, that it would be for your glory so that the enemy is being taken out at his knees, that we're already giving glory to God. And, and if this is not what you have, if this, you know, I just give give you all authority in this situation. I give you the glory, God. And so we're really cr- not giving the enemy any room. We're giving him no room to, to move or speak lies to us or attack the heart of God in our own mind. So, yeah, I think it's really important that we try to magnify God in whatever things are coming our way, that we mm-hmm. keep keep our eyes on Jesus, just as Mary did. Um, so that our eyes are not on the enemy, not distracted by the battle, but we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen, girl. Yeah. Michelle, any last words before we do our one thing? Yeah, I just think that that constant reminder, like we touched on before, that we are warring against principalities and spirits and not people, you know, our situations. It's very easy to think that this person is the root of all my misery and, you know, our problems are, you know, just remember who the enemy is, you know, and, um, it's not usually the person, you know, and pray up, look up, pray up, you know, um, to see who the true enemy is going on. Yeah. And I think maybe we could encourage our listeners this week. If you don't know the Ephesians six, if you're not familiar with the armor of God, check it out, take a look at it, write it down. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it near your bedroom wall. So when you wake up in the morning, 
maybe this week that's what you do. You put, you start putting on the armor of God and really intentionally turning your face toward Christ and just notice in your own day-to-day life how that makes a difference, uh, how you navigate through life, how you see things and allow his wisdom and his love to overflow in your life this week. That might be a good, just a good practice. I know for myself, I continually seek to do that. So ladies are one thing. Heather, do you have a one thing for us this week? Yes, I do. I mentioned it earlier in this podcast. I've just reconnected with this book, The Angel and the Ants by Peter Kreeft. And the subtitle is Bringing Heaven Closer to Your Daily Life. It's something that I read many years ago. And just as I was flipping through it, that quote had come to mind about heaven being our real home. And I was just kind of flipping through the book and I was like, darn it, this is really good stuff in here. So that's something that I'm going to read again, but I just wanted to to recommend it as uh, it's a very simple book. Um, the chapters are yeah very simple to understand. And it's something that I think I'm going to be going through with our oldest daughter, who's 14, and just kind of have some good conversations, simple conversations about um, how to bring heaven into our daily life. Michelle, what's your Hmm. one thing? Well, Sister Miriam thinks my one thing is Mark Twain, uh, Joan (laughs) Bart, but it's not. And so my one thing is totally not spiritual at all. I love Ed Sheeran's new song, The Castle on the Hill. I think that's the name of it. I'll post it. Love it. Great song to run to. Great song to, it's just this experience with his friends from Ireland. I love it. I love him. It's great. And so that's my one thing. What about you, sister? My one thing I'm reading always constantly, and I can't remember if I've mentioned this book before, but it's still on my one thing. So I'm just going to say it again if I have already said it. But it's a book by Father Raniero Cantala Mesa, who is the preacher to the papal household. And the book is called Sober, Intoxica- Sober Intoxication of the Spirit. Mm. And I love it. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and who we are as Christians and also the charismatic renewal, the movement, but where is where the Holy Spirit is leading the world now. And it is rocking my face off. I can easily say that. I just oh. take one chapter at a time. But uh, yes, yeah, Sober Intoxication. I'm reading part two. There is a part one, obviously. And uh, Father Raniero Cantala Mesa. And I will put that on our One Thing page as well. I just so. like how she says Cantala Mesa's name. Say it one more time, sister. Just for, <laughs> yeah. Father Raniero Cantala Mesa. You say it so well. Almost like you have Spanish in you. You know, it just Spanish with me, no. Yes. I'm the, yeah. I'm the biggest white girl you know, man. Come on. Okay. Yes. Totally reminds me of the guy from Princess Bride. My name is whatever Mondoya. <laughs> you know what? We're going to watch that again. I haven't seen that in years. I, I just, I've got to watch that again. We totally. watched it with our kids a few months ago and just died laughing. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those movies that gets caught in your head because we were at the wedding last yesterday and he goes, marriage. And the first thing that goes into my head is marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you and everybody else probably then. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, dear friends. Well, thank you for joining us today on our episode of Fighting Like a Girl. We hope you join us again next week when we're going to do part two of the same topic. And we're going to delve into some different areas. And that way, give you tools for the battle. Know that you are loved. And please, if you are enjoying our podcast, could you please subscribe to us and give us a rating on iTunes? Maybe pass along an episode to a friend and have them subscribe. It really helps us. And we just enjoy being with you on the journey. So until next week, we will see you and we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great day.